The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the moment in our day when we seek stillness in God's presence, guidance from the Word of God, and grace to live by faith. This is the moment when we view horizontal living from the divine perspective. For the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now here's today's message. We hope it will be a blessing. Welcome to Beside Still Waters. I'm glad you could join me again today. We are going to be taking a retrospective look at the life of Abraham. And I think there's one message, one key point that the Spirit of God would have us to uh, take away and hide in our hearts to ponder. And that is this. I want you to know me. I want you to know me. When we look at the life of Abraham and the evolution of his faith from uh, a fledgling plant, if you will, stepping out from Ur of the Chaldees and taking the time to travel for weeks or months at end until he came to that place of promise, all the way to the end point where he was willing, if need be, to sacrifice his own son in obedience to God. That is truly an evolution of growth and development as a spiritual man. But overshadowing that growth, that progress in his spiritual life was the rainbow of the presence of God that simply stated, I want you, Abraham, to know me. And my friend, I want you to consider this. This desire of God to have this former idol worshiper, if you will, to know him is the same desire he has for us. We are told in Second Peter, uh, the first chapter, when Peter writes to the Christians that were scattered throughout Asia, and he simply stated that unto us are given great and precious promises, rare promises, that's what the term precious alludes to, great and rare promises that by these promises, you, he's speaking to all of those Christians that his letter is uh, addressed to and would be hearing or reading in in the gatherings throughout uh, Asia Minor, that God has given to us great and rare promises that by these very promises, we might be partakers of his divine nature. And very often, we sometimes get lost in the biblical language, you know, partakers. Well, uh, another term that would be applicable would be a fellowshipper of. 
Basically, God wants me to be a participant, to share in the beauty and wonder of his presence with me as a human being, to see his hand of grace and mercy and power at work in my life as I commune with him and present my needs before him and trust his promises, trusting him to bring his, uh, his purposes to fruition in my life. And so as we take this retrospective look at the life of Abraham, uh, there are some key takeaways that will be of benefit to us if applied. Firstly, we found in uh, chapters 11 and going into chapter 12 that Abraham's plans were altered by God. His plans were altered. There was death, death of Terah. There was a lack. His wife could not bear children. There was famine in the place of promise. <laughs> and as a, as a result of his uh, subsequent decision to keep moving south down to Egypt, there was failure. All of which led to the first key takeaway, and that is this. God was at work by his sovereign grace and the fact that he overrode Abraham's plans to accomplish one thing, and that is this, to move Abraham towards God. And we find that in chapter 12, um, the end of chapter 12, uh, when he uh, told Abraham, essentially, that is Pharaoh, to get out of Egypt. And Abraham left Egypt, we find in chapter 13, and he went right to the place of the altar, the place of communion. And I've said to you before in uh, prior conversations that this is going to be a theme, a term, that I'm going to be referring to uh, repeatedly. Communion, time with God, establishing intimacy. It takes time to build a relationship, to grow in one's understanding and experience of the invisible God, uh, manifesting His presence in your life and mine, in a very visible, tangible, inward and external way. Only God can do that. And so the first takeaway in, Abraham, in our retrospective of Abraham's life is that God is moving Abraham to him and God is moving you and me closer to him by virtue of our life's circumstances. I am a strong advocate of stepping back and looking at one's life uh, sort of like a mosaic on a wall and asking myself, where is God in this? What am I learning of God? And by asking the question, I'm now turning my attention to look beyond the circumstances and to be looking onto God to give me enlightenment, insight by his spirit and his word as to what he is doing in my life. This is so important. 
And many times we do what Abraham did. We assess from our earthly perspective and not looking at our circumstances from the divine perspective and then we make sometimes foolish decisions. But because God is gracious and he knows our hearts that we really want to know him, he will draw us by the circumstances in our lives, the difficulties, the challenges, the shortages. These are his messengers to move us towards him. There is another category of events that presents additional challenge. And that is when our loved ones or friends or sometimes colleagues uh, make choices that because of our responsibility or our connection with them causes us or compels us to have to step into what could be a very dramatic circumstance in order to alleviate a problem or rescue them out of a problem. But the net result is that we, we are left being uncertain and sometimes fearful. And Abraham had the very experience that I'm describing. Because at one point we learned that Lot chose the well-watered uh, fields of, of where you know, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was close to or in proximity. But that decision caused... Uh, him to be embroiled in a, a conflict among the kings of the land. And he just happened to be an innocent bystander that gets swept up into the drama, this life and death drama that necessitated that his uncle, Abraham, come to the rescue. And after Abraham and his servants have successfully rescued Lot, now we, we, we come to uh, chapter 15 of Genesis where God reveals himself in the form of a vision to this man and, and tells him, <laughs> essentially, don't be afraid. So evidently, Abraham was a little fearful as to what happens now. I have rescued my nephew. I'm exposed because these kings know that I'm a force to be reckoned with. I just came here because I was trusting God and now I'm embroiled in, in a, uh, a provincial uh, conflict. Among kings. What did I get myself into? But my friend, the first takeaway was that God is moving me towards him, to the place of communion. Here's the second most important takeaway in this retrospective. God is moving towards me through the very things that I fear. You see, God comes to Abraham in this vision and he does something that he did not do the first time he revealed himself, and that is this. He begins to give Abraham a broader view of what God desires to be to Abraham. And he calls himself to Abraham his shield and his great reward. Now, he's not saying, I will protect you. But he's saying, I am your protection. He's not saying, I'm going to make you rich and wealthy and bless you. He says, I am your reward. I'm the treasure to you. And now, in this circumstance, when this man is fearful, 
God comes to him and wants to be more to him than he could ever imagine. And that night in that vision, God calls him to look into the heavens and see the multitude of the stars and he gives him the divine assurance, so shall your seed be. And we are told for this first time in Abraham's life, he believed God. Now I want to say this because many of us have been and might still be here at this point. We possess a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Many have claimed, I have trusted Christ as my Savior, my eternal, divine, divinely provided sacrifice for those crimes, those moral deficiencies and shortcomings that have been offensive to God. He was provided by God to pay for, to make atonement for these sins, these shortcomings, these moral failures. And we've embraced that and rejoice in, you know, the eternal life that we have through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. But many of us never grow or move beyond that to know God in a personal, interactive, dynamic way based on our growing knowledge of Him in the Scriptures and in our life experience. And so now this man has been given the opportunity to see that God not only wants to be the type of God that provides a place and uh, 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 an offspring that will bless the world, and that's, that's just, you know, that's, that's, that's an enormous realization. But God is taking him beyond that to this point. This same God that is going to bless you, I want you to not only enjoy the blessing, I want you to know the blesser. And so now, Abraham is exposed to risk, tension. He's experiencing fear. He's probably feeling his own inadequacy and weakness that's generating this fear. And God steps into that arena that is troubling this man and says, I want to be more to you. I want you to know me. My friend, that's exactly where we need to be. Because the things and circumstances that make us fearful, that creates tension, that causes us to feel our mortality, that, that, that exposes a lack in our lives, are but divine messengers to bring us to that place where we turn our minds, our hearts, our entire being and look to God in a single-hearted manner to the exclusion of everything else until our vision is saturated with who he is and what he wants to be to me. My greatest need is to see that God is bigger than the impossibilities in my life. And those very impossibilities that make me fearful, God is at work to give me and you great and precious promises that through these promises, we might actually be partakers of his divine nature. 
When you're told, for example, in Romans chapter 8, and Paul writing to the church in Rome, he says, if God be for us, who can be against us? But he goes on to say, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him grant us all things? So if God gives the most precious person to the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ, everything else is secondary. And what Paul was trying to say is that have we ever thought about the fact that God is really for us? We are looking to him. And then he goes on to say something that I think is so fantastic, heartwarming, comforting, and gives great reassurance. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Okay, who? It is Christ who has died, but rather has also been raised up. Who's at the right hand of God? The very one that gave his life for me is now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he says, that is Paul, he intercedes for me, for us. He speaks my name to the Godhead in my frailty and weakness as I cry to him. He presents my circumstances in a way that only he can. And we are told in John 14, for example, uh, he gave assurance to his uh, followers that if they asked anything in his name, he would do it. He takes my cause up personally. Where else have we ever heard that there's a God who so loves me that he makes my personal need and weakness the primary objective of his existence to draw near to me, to strengthen me, to give me evidence of his presence in my life. This is just fantastic. And so the life lesson, the takeaway, the jewel, is that God is moving this man towards himself to give him more, give Abraham more of himself. And God is doing the same thing in my life. But here's how he's trying to do it, the same way he did with Abraham. My vision and my view of God must dwarf my circumstances. Additionally, my vision or view of God must be accurate such that it brings glory to God. Abraham learned something. In Genesis 12, he learned that, that God keeps his promises. He's a covenant-keeping God. Because he cannot lie, when he gives a divine assurance, as Peter says, a great and rare promise, he cannot lie. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll share it with you. One of the promises that just blesses my heart and gives me great encouragement to keep trusting God, keep looking for his working in my life, is what was said to King Asa in Second Chronicles 14. And the seer said to King Asa, the eyes of Jehovah run to and fro throughout the whole earth. So God is searching the earth right now. The eyes of Jehovah run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of him whose heart is perfect towards him. God, to my amazement, wants to bring to pass in my life the evidencing of his grace and 
power and ability and love and loving kindness into my life to such an extent that he becomes strong to me on my behalf. Why? Because I know I'm not strong. No, I'm not. I know I'm not strong. <laughs> because death comes and, and there's lack. And sometimes I see, if you will, a famine, shortage. I've experienced failure. I've, I've, I've been at risk. There's tension, there's fear sometimes. And I've had to learn over time that God's promises are directly applicable to my circumstances and I need to trust him. And when I look back at the panorama of my life, I've seen circumstances in which God has allowed impossibilities. And then when I turned to him, reminding him, I'm looking to you, I'm looking to you. He presented himself in such a a marvelous way that it made life sweeter to go through the challenges with God being present and making himself, uh, if you will, known to you in your life experience. He keeps his covenants, his agreements, his great, rare promises. Secondly, God is trustworthy. This is what Abraham learned. He's trustworthy. When he first came into the land, he had a a, a fairly horizontal view of the land, if you will, you know, from the ground across. (laughs) But after he and Lot parted ways, God took him up to the nearest mountain and he caused him to look in all four directions, north, west, east, and south. He gave him, if you will, a top-down view, a mountaintop view of the land of promise. So as his relationship with God grew, God also gave him something new, which is a fresh view of his promises. But here's the most important takeaway, I think. And we find that in Genesis 15. At at, uh, the point where Abraham is most vulnerable, God comes home to him and says, I am your shield and your great reward. Not that I would provide protection and that I will reward you, but I myself, Jehovah, God, I am your shield. I am your great reward. That tells me that we have before us an opportunity of such magnitude that it should dwarf every potential event in our lives, and that is this. I can know God in a deeper, more intimate, personal way than I ever had heretofore. Why? Because God himself wants me to know him. My friend, when we draw near to God beside still waters, that is our, our divinely given opportunity to know God, to quiet our hearts in his presence, to sit, if you will, with his promises before us, 
and to call upon him to show himself, just as he promised, strong on our behalf. This is the greatest privilege we can ever have in this life. Oh, I appeal to you, I urge you, quiet your hearts beside still waters in God's presence and lift up your heart and voice and ask him, presenting to him his promises that he is, just as he says, searching the earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him, then let us take advantage of this opportunity to look to God perfectly. And by that I mean without distraction of any other resource, but trusting him only for his glory and our benefit. Thank you for joining Beside Still Waters podcast with Christian Javois. Beside Still Waters is the quiet moment in the stillness of God's presence to receive guidance, light, and grace to live by faith. I hope you've been helped and encouraged to press on living for the glory of God. It has been a pleasure and a privilege to connect with you on this podcast. To stay connected, please follow Christian Javois on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you on the next podcast of Beside Still Waters.